everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering the Slumber Party Massacre from last year, not the not the classic '80s one, the newer one, probably the better one. But let's not go there yet. Oh, <laughs> and we're so excited. hot takes up top. <laughs> <laughs> we're starting. We're starting right out of the gate. Right, and we're super excited to be joined today by Cynthia Gomez. Welcome, Cynthia. Hello, everyone. I'm really excited to be here. We're excited to have you. This has been a long time coming, and so we're excited to have you yeah. for this movie. Yes. <laughs> Yes, very excited about this movie. <laughs> this movie is fitting into our category for this lovely month of March. Category is she done already done had hers is. <laughs> Where we are celebrating women who get to have weapons in the genre because we don't get enough of those. Yes, yes. But before we get into this really fun ride of a of a movie, let's talk about you, Cynthia. Since it's your first time on the show, we always start here. And every okay. new guest, but what is your favorite scary movie? I feel like they should be asking me that, in like Ghostface voice or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if I had to, so, budget. <laughs> you know, it bounces around a lot. Um, I think pretty much always near the top though is going to be Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Um, I love Rosemary's Baby. There's. I mean, you could do a whole thing about Roman Polanski and what a fucked up, horrible human he is, right? Like, yeah. welcome to being a horror fan is loving things that are made by horrible, horrible people and yeah. the what it means to kind of be split like that. But, and I love the book too. It's because it's just so, it's so good at building dread and it's also so good at encapsulating just a 24-year-old woman was a legal child at that time. And her body was pretty much the property of her husband. And, you know, she was right the whole time that everybody else is just trying to tell her, like, no, you're crazy. You got the prepartum crazy. Just so I really love that. And then also I I, I went back and I listened to your guys' uh, Stanley Kubrick was just an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of our more controversial episodes. <laughs> oh, I, I loved that episode. And I also, I like The Shining a whole lot. It's the first horror movie I can remember seeing. Right. I was I was way too fucking young. I was probably, we're allowed to square, right? Yo, oh, yeah. Hell yes. You do it all the time. Okay. Hell yeah. I, 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 I thought so, but you know. Um, so I was way too fucking young. I think I was like six years old or something like that when I saw that movie. And I can quote whole lines from it. And yet it's also really problematic. Yeah. So there you are, right? The yeah. first movie that I love that's not problematic for the most part anyway, is Ready or Not. I love that movie. Oh, my God. Love right? Yes. Love it. Oh, yes. It's it's so good. Yes. No. Yes, for sure. So what? So you, I think you kind of hit it on it with uh, The Shining, but what is your horror origin story? Is that is that kind of where you got into this with The Shining, or was there something earlier? It's kind of the same, um, you know, as the, the, the answer to the last one. Like, The Shining is pretty damn influential, right? Um I'm, I'm like uh, Sheree, I'm like a Stephen King baby, right? And wait, Sheree or Sheree? I'm already messing up. Oh, it's Sheree. You nailed it. You're right. Yeah. You I thought so, but, but you know how you doubt yourself? Anyway, 
Um, all the time. Always. Okay, got like it. If I paid so, it down myself, I'd be a billionaire. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't that be like that? That would be just a wonderful. That would be like a really good horror short story, actually, because then you'd start to doubt yourself to to make money, and then you never get anything oh done. Oh my god! Right? Interesting. <laughs> right? Like, horror. Right? Then you triple doubt yourself. Seriously. Like, am I doubting myself enough? Am I doubting myself for the wrong reasons? Oh no! Oh my god! I only got a I only got a penny this time for that doubt. Maybe I wasn't doubting myself bigger. Anyway, um, so. But what's interesting too is like I think a couple of months ago, um, uh, I remember I'm pretty sure it was this podcast that did one on the movie Tourist Trap. This like schlock from the yes. late seventies. Oh my god! Yes, we did it with oh, Girl yes. That's Married. We've done so many episodes. I'm like, wait a second, hold on. I was like, wait, that's yeah, that's <laughs> right, right. I, I remember that there was a guest, right, yes. Um, yes. and that it was it was also just so much fun. But that the movie. Tourist Trap also was my horror origin story, and I was way too young to know it. I remember we were um, we were visiting some like relatives or friends of my parents or something, and I was bored and I wasn't doing whatever activity they had set up for me to do. So I'm just like wandering around the house, waiting to go home, and I wander into the living room, and someone had left the TV on. I don't know why or how, or maybe I'm flipping through the channels. But either way, it's just me, this little kid. Everybody else in the house is doing something else. And I'm just sitting there by myself uh, in the living room, flipping through the channels. And the scene in Tourist Trap came on where the guy who looks like Demented Jay Leno is. I don't remember what his, his name is supposed to be, but Demented Jay Leno is like killing this this girl who just shows up in the basement like the, like I, I later watched the movie right and the character right. just show up in the basement but it made no sense they just brought her in the basement so she could get killed by jay leno and it's the scene where he's like covering her mouth with the stuff that's going to suffocate her i was way too young to be watching that shit <laughs> and i what was worse was i had no idea like what movie it was that's all i remember and so i think about two years ago i finally dug it up on youtube and figured it out and then i watched it it was like you know all brought from first full circle and right. it's, it's a ridiculous movie it's so much oh, fun so, though yeah oh, I, but now okay number one is jay leno still alive <laughs> I think he was he last week. Yeah. Okay, well then I okay. want a remake with Jay Leno, but <laughs> <laughs> compliment. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! Like, like she thinks she's just being going on uh, to be a guest on the Gay Leno, Jay Leno show, and instead she gets. <laughs> do it, uh, right? uh, Can you imagine? He's oh, like he's bringing the oh, show back. I'm the first guest. <laughs> oh my god, I love it so much. I can never think of that movie without thinking about Jazz saying, Come outside, we're not gonna jump you. That's all I can think of. <laughs> that was a fun one. Um, so, with Rosemary's Baby and The Shining, is that kind of like supernatural but psychological horror kind of your favorite subgenre, or do you have or are you equal opportunity? I think so. I think like, I mean, I love me a good haunted house book movie, right? Especially when it's like playing with, um, like, I love it when something subverts the the central assumption in most U.S. horror movies that like the tragedy is this nice white suburban family is moving into a house that's supposed to be theirs mm -hmm. because, of course, that's what happens to nice white suburban families, heterosexual, of course. 
right? And yes. so I love it when it's about anything else, right? So like the movie His House, I just I love, love that movie. Love it. Oh, I, yeah. And and La Llorona, the, not the curse of La Llorona, because I don't know what the fuck that was. Um, I, I didn't even, I just, yeah, I didn't even try to watch it. But the, the, the Guatemalan one, where it's like this house that's supposed to be their like centerpiece, their jewel, their their uh, sanctuary, is actually what undoes them at the end of the day because it's a symbol of just like everything is coming home to roost at you. I I, I love. I'm sorry, I just kind of spoiled La Llorona. We'll, <laughs> we'll maybe have to edit that a little bit. I I feel like a lot of people have watched it and like people who take notes during this for movies, they sometimes have like faulty memories because we're throwing stuff at them fast and furious. Okay. And I'm yelling about things and like, it's just like, if you want to be spoiled, you can, you like really take those notes, but like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. We we spoil a lot of things on the show. Okay. Okay. Also, did you, I found out I might be the last, one of the last five people in the world to know. Rosemary's Baby had a mini series a couple Mm -hmm. years ago with Zoe Saldana. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I remember hearing about it. Yeah. Did either of you guys watch it? I'm about I, to watch it. <laughs> I saw it when it came out. So it's been a few years. But I remember okay. I really liked it when it came out. I was super excited because I love Zoe Saldana. And so I was like, oh, yeah. yay. And, you know, it's, it's, it is different than the Roman Polanski film, of Good. course. <laughs> but I I really liked it. So I, I suggested. And if I'm wrong, if you're like, Trent, what were you thinking? Let me know and I'll rewatch <laughs> it. And I might revisit. I might <laughs> later episode be like, I take that back. <laughs> uh, me and Ryan, Brother Guler, are supposed to watch it in a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, when this airs, it'll have already happened. So, like, okay. in theory, you should be able to, like, ask us and we'll be like, oh, yeah, this, this, and this. Or, mm. I'm. <laughs> Then we'll know if Shrey agrees with me, which doesn't always happen anyway. So. Fights on fears. Fights on fears. Cynthia, plug any projects you have going on or any social media you would like listeners to follow you on so they can keep up with stuff you've got going on. Okay. So uh, I'm on Twitter. I just joined uh, about a year and a half ago. It got me. So it's uh, <laughs> at Cynthia Says Boo. That's my Twitter handle. And there's a book that I'm part of. There are 16 stories in this book. It's called Antifa Splatterpunk. And mm-hmm. the, if you're just listening, obviously you're not seeing the, the, the cover, but I'm showing the cover oh. to Trent and Sheree. And it. it's anti-fascist horror. And you know the bad guys get their comeuppance in like creative and violent ways. So I've got a story in that, but it's also just, it's really cathartic and fun to read this kind of stuff and the rise of fascism. So yeah. yeah, that's that's what I'm in. It's called Antifa Splatterpunk, and you can get it on Bookshop. You can get it on Godless. Awesome, and that is a Thank great you. segue to this movie, right? <laughs> Listen, perfect guess, nailed it. Oh, yeah. oh I was wo- I was wondering how long I was going to have to wait to hear a listen. <laughs> we're, o- we're only eleven minutes in. That's wonderful. Let's see. Yeah. And I, I can't I can't do it justice, but you know. Listen, I I hope somebody out there has a drinking game because I didn't know how much I did it until we were editing episodes. I'm like I say listen a lot. Oh. Now I now I think you like the idea that somebody's is doing a drinking game. You're like, let's see how like how we can get them under I'll the table before the episode's done. <laughs> I, I'm living for the day somebody tweets me, I had to stop, I'm drunk, and they're like five minutes in. <laughs> like, right. You need to be for the conversation. Also, merch idea, a t-shirt listen. that just says listen. Right? <laughs> right? No photo, just listen. Listen, like, dot, dot, dot. I'm talking to Jedediah. <laughs> All right. 
Well, let's get in to Slumber Party Massacre from 2021. It's not in order, but actually here, I'm going to go we'll go back. The very first thing that we get, the very first shot that we get is we start off literally with the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And just we, we see her ass as she's bending over to get something out of the, the trunk of the car. And then I, somebody else said, I, I don't, don't know whose color, because we all are font colors here with our notes, oh. right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so I don't know which one was saying we start off with a literal Chad. That's me, yes. That's that's one of my favorite things about this movie is that when it needs to be kind of like tongue-in-cheek, it's tongue-in-cheek. But when it needs to be like Chad, it's Chad. (laughs) It's always Chad. Three Chads in a trench coat. (laughs) So, like, I don't want to get too far into the originals because we have to cover those at some point later in life. And the third one is just, like, not out here. Um, But I, when I saw the beginning, like what you were saying with the ass and, like, the male gaze, I was like, ah, no, we're going to do this again. Because Mm -hmm. the first one fell prey to that because that writer whose name I just forgot because I am an asshole. She wrote this, like, satire situation. It was supposed to be really funny and, like, skewering the slasher genre at the moment. And then it was directed, like, a straight-up horror film. So it's struggling the whole movie, the first one. And then that's why people are like, I hated it. Or people are like, I love it. Because it's two different movies fighting. So. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, not again. Because I was like, mm-hmm. it must be feminist. And I'm seeing nipples everywhere. And so mm-hmm. when this, when I saw her ass, I was like, oh, damn it. Why did I pick this review? <laughs> when I, I actually, so uh, I had seen the, the, the invite to do this movie. And I saw the trailer and I, I hate seeing trailers for new movies I know I'm going to watch because I'd, I'd like to have as little spoilers as possible, even if it's just like a experience spoiler. So I saw part of the trailer and I'm like, wait, what? I don't I don't think I want to talk about this, like, you know, a, a bunch of titties and ass movies and, you know, a movie where it's just like cute girls in summer party pajamas getting slashed. I don't I, I, I've already seen that movie. Right. I don't, I don't think I would do Right? right, right. <laughs> Listen, let Every me tell you. From the 80s and early 90s. Like, That's what I grew up then, on. I was like, is there anything different? <laughs> uh-huh. I, 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 if you've seen one Friday the 13th, you've seen them all. Really? Although, you know, they got some really good deaths in Friday the 13th they movies, do. I got to say. This and there's, there's a Friday the 13th Easter egg in this movie that I just love. Yes. yes. Actually, there's a couple. I take it back. There's a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. And then in this movie. <laughs> there's so many nuts. Oh, my God, they do. I, I, again, I just, I, I fell for this. I fell for this. Mm-hmm. Because they go from that male gaze, ass in the air, to a slumber party, like, oh, God, no, not again. And then it starts popping. Like, shit starts happening. And I was like, did I come in at the end of this close. movie? Is the screener right. broken? Right. I had to, like, pause and rewind and reassess, because I was drinking as usual. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, no. What were you drinking? Me. Wait, what was your drink? When I first saw this, I want to say I was finishing off some bourbon. So probably bourbon and ginger ale. Yeah, because I was, it was, I think it was still summer-ish, spring, fall-ish. One of those months, not October. And so, like, I was, like, drinking because I, I work from home. And as long as my things are in, who cares? And so, <laughs> that's what I was doing. And I was like, I messed up. I must have, like, hit, like, play it towards the end or something. Because, like, people start dying. And I'm like, Quick. what is happening? Quick. And it's very Friday Thirteenth remake, but and some other movies that do that, where you have like a mini movie up top, and then you have the real movie right after. Yes, um, and I love that. Like the 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 intro movie that we saw, which we we find out is the mother of the main protagonist for the film. But anyways, I, I digress. But I love that 
it was so nonsensical and like funny and like what's the word I'm looking for? Camp. Yeah, campy. But then, like, in mm-hmm. every every no no character decisions made sense. Like, not even like well, the the lead girl kind of made some sense like for the most part. But the one that Fair. got me the most was how are you going to wait until a serial killer is literally about to kill you to say, hey, by the way, I slept with your boyfriend. <laughs> like, could this not wait until we are home? Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now you just turn and drink everybody into the table. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like we, 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 we could. I did love this movie too. I, I have plenty of notes about things that didn't make any sense, right? Like, if we're if we're going on that, uh, um, the the part where I think Dana's mom, I forget her name, you know, the mom character. She's like, she's figured out that Trish? there's a serial Trish. Yeah, she's you know, she's figured out that there's a bad dude. The lights are off, and she's like tiptoeing through the house, going, "Hello, who's there?" And then she's in the closet. She's like, "Let me get as close to this door as I can." Well, when I watch horror movies, like I'm kind of impossible to watch horror movies with because half the time I'm shouting after the characters one word: weapon, 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 weapon. Like, grab yourself a weapon. I don't care, right? Like, you know, help distance and a weapon that's what you need if you're going to survive a slasher movie in that order right mm-hmm. if you're if you don't have any yeah. distance then you got to have a weapon and and they grab them and then they don't but here in the beginning like okay you got a can that turned out to be all right but like there's all kinds of shit you should grab you're in the kitchen <laughs> grab something from the kitchen right and don't 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 walk around like hello, hello. like i get it you're scared you're a teenage kid but like come on anyway so yeah there, there's plenty of those but I what I love about that mini movie that makes no sense because these people aren't making sense is that it it goes so well with the original two because like again you have what's supposed to be satire and you have people who are making it a straight movie and so like it's it's fighting and so they're just like not making sense he's holding them hostage in a house and there's like five girls and it's like surely we could leave if we put our heads together and they're like no one at a time let us get stepped and i'm like what the fuck is happening and so when i found out it was supposed to be a satire originally i went back and i rewatched that and i was like okay and so it feels like this one was like here's what the original was sort of doing but we're going to do it ourselves differently and now here's the movie we deserved right after and i Mm -hmm. i love that and i also love that it gives us two final black girls in one movie when they're a whole ass studios we could give us two in a decade thank you or let me let me see listen Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) i I don't don't know i i I think i should let let you do i think i think you know you got it like i literally if i if i were to fall down sick right now the podcast could go on one of the things i love about that is that you have a mother-daughter situation happening and they're literally fighting a white mother-son situation where the mother is making excuse after excuse after excuse for her seemingly, I don't know, heterosexual, cisgendered white boy. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is so poetic and I love it. <laughs> Listen, my review was a whole ass essay that nobody asked for about how that mother, um, let me go look at her name. I am awful with names. Kay. Uh, Kay. Kay. Yeah. How Kay's excuses for her son and the way she's saying it is so similar to like those white mothers of like the Brock Turners and stuff out there. So oh my God, for this yes. one. I tried to I was like, what did you, you do? Would go to sleep. Oh, right? What? 
You were tempting him. You ruined his life. Like, I wrote a whole ass essay in that review about that on accident. Because, like, she was nailing it. And also that actor, Jennifer Stein, oh, I might great. say that wrong. Amanda met her in Provincetown during a festival when we were all in grad school. Oh. Because I was watching it with Amanda one of the five times I saw it this couple months. Um, and Amanda's like, I know her. That's amazing. Because one of the moments that, like, I was beautifully performed. Like, I say the same thing about the girl that played the daughter in Get Out, you know, terrible character. Mm-hmm. But like the moment when the daughter is realized what is going on and they start fighting and she's like, I'm an old woman. Are you hurting me? I was like, beautifully it's performed it's so well. It's just so good. She did a character study. She was like, I'm going to research Karen's and Becky's. And I'm going to come mm-hmm. to this and I'm going to get them all. I... I also love that it was like a mother kid team on both sides. And I also love that you Mm -hmm. have these like four friends and a little sister that write out her to do this because I'm always saying I'm tired of romantic relationships when I feel like the other ones are more richer and there's more to play with. Yeah. The reason you save your friend or your sister is different from this is the person I'm sleeping with right now. And then the writers feel that we need to be aggressive about it. (laughs) Because like a lot of us are going to save our boyfriends we just met two weeks ago. But like if it's my sister, I'm going to investigate this danger a little bit, maybe. Um, Right? (laughs) Yeah. So I love these bonds. And I love that we have like our born into families and our chosen families. And it's just, there's Mm -hmm. so much cool shit happening. And people keep sleeping in this movie and I'm mad about it, which is why we're here tonight. (laughs) Yes. Don't sleep. Don't sleep. I, 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 yeah, let's talk about Kay for a minute. And like the, cause I, I I had the same note, like, um, about where she's Kay is basically saying, "Oh, what was he supposed to do? Like, I don't know, maybe not kill them? Like, yeah." And and then there's a similar exchange where like the I think it's Dana that's um, that says, "And how do you know that they won't say that we lured him into it?" Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh my god, that's just what they say to victims of sexual assault if the victims of sexual assault are women." I mean, mm-hmm. not only to women, but, you know, that's what they say. Like, it's it's your yeah. fault. You lured him into it. And then yeah. they keep bringing up all the stuff about, like, oh, well, look, they'll say we planned it. They'll say we brought this stuff. I'm like, you know, yes, content warning to what are like, oh, uh, sure. yeah. in trials for women who get sexually assaulted. Like, you know, there's this case I had seen about a couple of years ago where the judge, like, let the lawyer for the, um, the accused, the assaulter, like, flash the victim's panties in court in open court like mm-hmm. see this is evidence that you plan to sleep with my client like i don't give a fuck if she planned to sleep with your client i don't give a fuck if she planned to sleep with 20 of your clients right right she could be walking around naked it's still her body her choice mm-hmm. one of the things i always think about is this gross i'm pretty sure it was a new york times article from a few years ago where like the mothers of men who were like in the judicial system because they have assaulted women mm-hmm. got together for a brunch to talk about how these girls are just like playing fast and loose and how when they were their age it was just it was i made a mistake we didn't ruin a boy's life and i was like yes. all you cunts can go kiss my ass <laughs> also you race should be boys <laughs> and that's why you're here also new york times what are you doing Kay is very much that kind of a mother because it's not that she raised a shitty man it's not that he's out here doing the things it's that these girls are tempting him if they would just go to sleep or if they would do something different. And I'm just like, and she plays it in a place where it's not a caricature, which I, cause I mean, this is a campy movie. 
But like, mm-hmm. this is a grounded, this is probably the most grounded person in the movie, which I think is why she sticks the landing for the messaging that is there, even though it's not like explicitly yes. there. Because yeah. what I love about this movie is it does the subtle things. It's like, this is the conversation, but we're not going to be like, and here's our word of the day. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just love that Kay is delivering. I'm yeah. obsessed with this actor and I want to see so much more. And I and I want to I want to say that like anytime we're talking about sexual assault, for some reason people always blame the victim, and I will never ever ever understand that. Like, like as you both have just said, with women, it's you wanted it, you lured him, you dressed too sexually, blah 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 blah. We all know those. And if it's a if it is a a male or a male, a male identified person who is the victim, then it's well, how did you let this happen? You must be weak. Mm-hmm. You must be, you can't really be a man if you're letting someone take advantage of you. So it's like people, I, I, I don't understand it. And this is, you're right. This is a great allegory to that problem in our society. The double standards for gender is ridiculous because like I remember when I was a kid, you saw these like, femme teachers who were having affairs with these like high school boys and some of them were like Mm -hmm. pregnant and it was doubly gross and they were like boys will be boys and prosecuting her and then like when it's reversed it's like oh this girl was wearing mini skirts in school (laughs) and I didn't want to prosecute the teacher and I'm like you can't have it both ways what is the messaging Um, because I know what it should be across the board but apparently especially America we out here hating women and so we're like well it's her fault no matter what and how and so it's one. It's why it's so fucking cathartic to to see everybody get their their comeuppance in this movie, like all the way down. Like Kate, Kate gets it. The only thing I would say is I wanted Kate to have like even a little. She wanted to. She needed a little bit more violence on her. Truly speaking, for yeah. Kay, like she she needed a, you know like the way that they just kind of wailed on like Russ's body, you know they they needed a little more of that with Kay. And I feel like that's. You know, I think they they thought the audience wouldn't quite be ready to see this like old frail white lady. Oh, that's oh, what I think really. they thought. I think, I think they pulled more, it a punch a tiny bit. I think I, it might have been a time thing because this is a perfectly paced, huh, perfectly time. You're right. They yeah. got out when they needed to get out, but I agree. I think you could have taken a few moments from earlier in the film and put it there to give it some something. I'd be good watching her get her ass kicked because, again, she's the most grounded character because she's probably <laughs> the most evil, if not her son. Mm-hmm. I can see argument for both. Because right. she raised a little bastard and she's out here helping him get away with this shit. And so, yep. like, she, for me, and I think I said this in my review, she belongs in the world of Promising Young Woman because Promising mm-hmm. Young Woman is like, here's how all of you are failing other women. <laughs> and she's one of them. And so I'm good to see her get, like, beat up a little bit more. If we want to just, like, put in some deleted scenes real quick in my email, if anybody's listening, um, <laughs> I will receive. <laughs> I also love just aesthetically how retro this movie felt, even after the time. Uh-huh. Even after we went to like the modern day stuff, it still felt very like '80s slasher. Like, oh, I'm ready to watch the people get fucked up, <laughs> and I just love that. Aside from the cell phones and maybe the car, and of course the Wi-Fi, it could be any time. Yeah, they just they had to like deal with the Wi-Fi, right? And they had to deal with bars and the cell phones, like so it wouldn't be distracting. And then and then now we're just in you know generic like cabin movie land. They filmed it in South Africa, like so. I didn't know that the first time I watched it. All the actors apparently are South African because they they yep. um, and they they filmed it during COVID. I mean, it's we're still in fucking COVID, but they filmed it during the worst of it. So they and they shot it in South Africa, and it was really distracting to me the first time I saw it because 
you know, I'm, I'm from California. I have family in Southern California and it's supposed to be in LA. I was like, it's not LA, but that's why, right? Because they said it in South, they filmed in South Africa. But so like, it's just like, yeah, but we're just in like camp movie land where like, you know, nobody brings a flashlight, even though we're supposedly planning this, this killing for like two years. We got one flashlight between the five of us, right? And we got knives, even though like, we it's okay. We're just, that's in campy land, but they just embraced the camp with all the kills too, right? Mm-hmm. Like they made the drill. Like in so many of my notes, I, I call the killer phallic drill guy, <laughs> right? He's like he's stroking that drill like oh, yeah. like it's a cock. Oh my god! And he's like, I love. You. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love hate the drill guitar because it's taking um, uh-huh. a thing from the second Summer Party Massacre back in the eighties. Oh, okay. oh. He killed okay, so. The second one is hot garbage. I'm not even gonna lie to you. It's just hot okay. garbage. Um, he has songs he sometimes sings while he's chasing them down with his guitar drill. And I'm just like, what are we doing now? What had happened? But the whole trilogy is directed and written by women, and so like we don't drag it too much. <laughs> but also I'm like, girl. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I love that they kept that because again, you're gonna have those like bros out there who's like, it didn't pay enough attention to the original, like they did with Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Sparks Joy. They're just like, where is the man? And so they gave you your man and your guitar, but they also <laughs> they also did what they came to do. Right? Can we can we talk about the the male characters in this movie? Because oh my god, yes please. So yes, fun. Please. The line that hit me the hardest was it was. They're all deciding, this is after one of them is dead, and they're all deciding to go out and split up and find him and figure out what's going on. And there's one of them that's kind of like, I don't know, like this feels weird. Why are we doing this? And as he's leaving, he's like, my toxic masculinity is making me go. (laughs) (laughs) I love this cabin of himbos. The guy one and guy two banter sends me every oh time. God. Like it's new. Oh my god. Their pillow fight is art. Oh, oh. oh that pillow fight. Listen. I... <laughs> or watch as it happens and then just watch again and then just rewind it and watch it again. I mean, I'm not about it. Listen, uh, I, had a I don't get that very often in horror movies. So I kind of same girl, same. Right. No, I, I, I was like, this movie had all of our gazes. This is a this is a very bisexual movie. It's like, and and I'm just I you know, and, and as a, a a person who's not straight, I feel like I'm a little bit of a poser to call myself bisexual. But I'm not straight, and I was just loving all the gazes. I got I got got to look at all the things. That's the way it should be. It should be something for everybody because it's always so set for the like straight cis white man gaze. It's like, who does he want to bang this year? Let's put her in a movie and make her like run around in a towel for an hour for no fucking reason. <laughs> like, let's have her fall in and out of her bathtub. And I'm like, for right. who? who I, is and this like, for? I love that our only shower scene and our only like real nudity mm-hmm. is a man. And while it, it, it's all, it's sexist. <laughs> And it's not because they're all hot, which they all are, but it's yes. just best kids for all the other reasons. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I love these himbos. I can't say it enough. This is my favorite ensemble working right now. Let them do more <laughs> movies together. <laughs> it was perfect. It was perfect. Because they are being the helpless little kittens that look, the women usually were in the 80s slashers. Like when he's getting a bring out of the freezer with his dead friend in there and he can't see him. He's like, oh, what's that smell? Should I go shower by myself while people are dying? Yes, I right. should. And I'm like, this is funny. It reminds me of, um, oh my God, I forgot her name. Is it Marina and the Diamonds? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
she has that video that she has, How to Be a Heartbreaker. And like when it dropped, like the male tears on social media of she's objectifying men. I feel gross watching this. And I'm like, how do you think I feel with like girls in G-strings who are supposed to be doctors in your videos? I make it make it make, make sense. <laughs> right. Right. Make, make, make up your mind. Right. So yep. do, do we like the bodies or we don't like the bodies? Right. right. Either we're all naked or nobody's naked. That's what we're going to do now. And I also love, because I've seen like kind of spoofs or like satires like this movie is where they they put the, the men in these roles, but they feminize them. And I love that these weren't, they, they were doing all the stupid stuff that we see the, the female characters do in previous films, but they were doing it in the very like, yeah, we're men, we can do this, fuck women. And, the, and then it's like, but really now, you're all dead. Congratulations. <laughs> I like when she says, you know, you guys are going to die, right? They're, oh, right. they're all going to die, right? When they go running out, right? Yep, yep. They And then sorry to spoil, but, you know, these are full of spoilers, right? Yep, they right. all died. Yeah. All died. All of, every, every one of them babies, aside from the one that drove off, um, we kept talking about the feminist agenda. Another interesting moment, because, you know, we always talk about on this podcast, you know, the yes, all men, the same one that's like hesitating the whole time being like, but I don't know. My toxic masculinity. Maybe I should listen to some women. Maybe he is the one that leaves her in the end. So it's uh -huh. like, yes, all men. Yes, yes, all men. Yes, all men. I actually wrote that down. That was every single man in this movie is either like a killer or he's useless. Like even the dude yeah. who's like, oh, I'm gonna go and bring the 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 parts, right? The radiator parts, and like leave them on their porch to help him out. Like I'm gonna be a good dude. He sees that there's a drill wielding killer on the porch and instead of like warning the girls he just goes i'm gonna take off now bye bye right like what the because again all men like all the himbos were trash like whether they were ignoring the girls whether they're breaking off chair legs to be like no we have to fight this for you like the fool that steps in front of her and gets drilled <laughs> i'm like you deserve mm -hmm. that all you assholes through that empty ass head right Right? And meanwhile, he's all like, women are hating on men, and it's a feminist agenda. That's why they killed him. We didn't see him kill anybody, which is so men. But, like, to your point, I, I too love that they didn't feminize them, because I was reading, it was somebody's meme I saw today, so this is fresh off the presses. Mm. But it basically is something like, the best con job or like the best like use of marketing is how men have been telling women forever that we're overly emotional and they pretend that anger is not an emotion. Yeah. And, and because a lot of times in those films, when they do feminize the men to show like to try and satire or something, it so often turns into, well, they must be gay. That's why they're useless. <laughs> uh -huh. If they were a man's man, they could handle it. No, fuck that bullshit. Listen, I, I would put these himbos in the same category <laughs> with Chris Hemsworth from like the Ghostbusters that I like. Oh, yes. I love that character. It's so he's adorable. Perfect. He's perfect because he's Thor and he's useless because he's just, he, that's his role. And I'm like, yes, Mr. Hemsworth. Yes. <laughs> and you won't return my phone calls, but it's fine. We'll work it out. <laughs> if they make a sequel to this movie, they need to like have a role for Chris Hemsworth in some way, right? Okay. Where he's like supposed to be wise and then he reveals himself to be just the himbo that he is but <laughs> oh my god oh my god and the, the like i know we talked about like the about the pillow fight but what i love about the pillow fight is how homoerotic it is mm -hmm. it's just Tell me about it like i mean they're spraying beer all over each other they've got like white fluff all over each other's chest <laughs> 
what I love too was like I wrote this note, uh, another one about what you call it, like how one of the girls says, "Is this what guys do when they're alone?" Yeah. And it's such like a a call to like this idea that straight dudes have that that's what women do when we're alone is we have pillow fights in their underwear. Like I, I like friends, even though it's, I, I love problematic things, right? Almost right. everything I love is problematic. Yeah, and. There's this whole exchange with Chandler and Monica where, you know, Monica's like, all right, go and be a guy and, you know, drink some beer and hammer up some drywall. And he goes, well, we don't do that when we hang around. And she goes, that's okay. When girls hang around, we don't have pillow fights in our underwear. And he just goes, <laughs> oh, you don't? And she has to console it. I'm sorry. We do. We do. I don't know why I said that. Right. <laughs> Yes, yes, I love that. And I love, so Sheree, this brought me back because we recently just did a Patreon-exclusive episode on My Bloody Valentine. And ah. the heart, did you know, did you did you catch the heart on the, the guy who dies in the shower's chest? Oh, yeah, it's totally that's what that was. To My Bloody Valentine with her heart on her boob. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I loved it all. There's so many nods to so many other slashers. It's it's a field day. Like every time I rewatch it, and I've watched it a few times, I see more and more and more. I I like to collect interesting horror movie deaths, right? So I'm gonna ask you guys for your favorites in a second. But one of my favorites is the Nightmare on Elm Street Part Three with Jennifer and the TV, mm-hmm. right? And another close runner-up for horror movie deaths is Tatum's death and Scream, right? Always, and always, always. And the car in this one. Where I've oh, forgotten the character's name, the one who fixed the car. Oh my god, it's so it's so mean. I feel like the movie knew we were due for like we didn't we, just need like a comic over the top. We needed one that was kind of mean and kind of scary. And it, that, that's up there on my list now. It's like I got a top three. Yeah, because she's the same character that the whole film has been playing the like ditzy role. Yeah. That was the character mm-hmm. she had. And she was the one that knew how to fix the car. And I love that. And I also mm-hmm. I have this note that yeah, the last 30 minutes ish I, don't, I didn't know what exact time stamp i was at but when it when it turns and y'all know what i'm talking about at mm-hmm. the end it really raised the stakes and it needed that it was a really nice change of pace to be like oh they're not safe oh they're they're, they're really not safe yeah there were three turns because you have the one up top where it's a whole other movie you right. have the one that actually there's four turns you have the one up top where it's a whole other movie you have the one where they're on the road to this thing then you have the one where you find out they came up here to do this shit and then you have the one that starts after they kill Russ. Yes. <laughs> yes. And but, I was like, when she got like shooting uh, nails or staples or whatever the hell she was shooting, at, it was nuts. Listen, but back like, to your debts, Cynthia. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, back to the debts in your guys's. I'm not going to lie. I really love the guy getting the guitar drill to the head because he jumped in her mm-hmm. way trying to be the man. And it was just funny. I giggled. I'm not going to lie. I giggle every time. Like I've not seen it before. Yes, I'm gonna. I, I I love both of those, the car and the and the uh, drill or the got the guitar strings or whatever. I also and this is also just in my head how it happened because it cuts away. But when the dude who is um, peeing, who's in the who he puts in the in the uh, cooler, I think the man drilled in his like in his crotch because he was going down. With the drill Oof. when that happened, I chest, but in my mind it was a scratch, and I think that's really funny. <laughs> that's when he gets me using oh. the world as a bathroom. 
<laughs> right. Exactly. Well, like we learn, we learn nothing about this guy before he gets killed and whatever the hell way he gets killed. Right. We learn that his name is like his, his name isn't Chad, but he looks just like Chad. He's a Chad. Right. He's, he's one of the he's guys. A Chad. He's he's just one of the guys. He is just one of the guys. Um, he's one of the two guys. But but uh, he looks like Chad from the first the, the movie within a movie, right? Or the, the prequel, whatever you want to call it. Right. So all we learned about him is, is he's an asshole who thinks the world is a toilet, and then he just gets dispatched. But I also love that like none of the guys has a memorable name. Like I watched it twice, and then I watched a couple of the scenes some more, and I still can't remember everybody's all, all the guys' names. The women get cool names. They get Breeny, right? Uh, they get Alex with an I, uh, all that stuff. The, the guys are Chad and Sean and Guy, and they're all single syllable, stereotypical male names, right? <laughs> Which is another yeah. gender swap because usually it's the women in these movies who are like woman number two. It's like she's in half the movie. You didn't give her a name, really? Right. <laughs> or just like Alexa or something, just like Sarah. Mm -hmm. Right? So many Sarahs. So many Sarahs watching her husbands go to space. So maybe there was i just looked up real quick there apparently was a movie from 1985 called the nail gun massacre so that was another easter egg with k with the nail gun interesting interesting i yeah. i i stand this writer like she she knows her she did her mm -hmm. homework tomorrow from drag race oh my god <laughs> i do have a question mm -hmm. and maybe one of you two caught it and i just Spaced out when she runs into the house and slams the door. They they like drill through the door, and there's blood. But then she's uh -huh. not hurt. Yeah, but how did she fake the door? How did she fake? I the think blood? that's just a mistake. Because uh, I, I had the same question. I think it's just a movie mistake. No, I don't think you're overthinking at all. I just think that they fucked up. Right, it's a continuity problem. That section does get off the rails, though, because she's running and saying she messed up the plan. She messed up the plan. But they have a plan in the kitchen. And so I, I could see them fucking with him. I just don't know where that she hit it. But they were hiding things yeah. all over the house. Yeah. So who knows? Um, I just wish there would have been, like, as the door opened, you saw, like, a dead chicken on the floor. Something to be like, oh, yeah. that's where the blood came from. Just a usual thing. I went with it because again, she was telling, she was alerting him that she messed up the plan. No, after you watch it again, because you're like, why are you yelling that? Stop! Oh, and then, like when they gang up on him in the kitchen, you're like, oh, this is the plan. <laughs> and so I just, I took it that she had something in her hand because, like, we're theater kids. I, I know how to hide the things, <laughs> and I never asked her questions. That's fair. I mean, we could talk about quotes. There, there are some wonderful quotes. The joke with, with is the guy too dead? You know, any any amount of dead is too dead. <laughs> we did kill the guy, but the guy that was killing us. <laughs> <laughs> and then the part where um, they're earlier, right? Like they're the, the the it's just two dudes. They're in the cabin, uh, and they're just meeting the the girls for the first time. And the girls are like, "Hey," and everyone's like, and one one of the dudes says, "You want to hang out with us?" And the other dude just unprompted says. I have a girlfriend. I just, I, I just laughed out loud both fucking times. It was just so precise. And like other ones, like you know, uh, you're not gonna die. It's a bunch of Spice Girls. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Sporty Spice and Scary Spice will throw hands. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mess with my Spice Girls. It, listen, it's such a quotable movie. It's, it's such a quotable movie. Like, and, and the. I mean, we talked about so many because it, it it does such a good job of like bouncing back and forth between like I'm just going to be absolutely over the top ridiculous 
right? And I'm just like, you know, the guy is holding his uh, his drill in this like phallic manner, and then we're gonna have an absolutely ridiculous like, you know, soapy lather scene in the shower, and we're just gonna go like off the rails in that way. But then we're also gonna like, you know, dig in some real shit about believing women who are victims of violent crime, and like dig in some real shit about like, you know, like Sheree's talking about the way that women will like basically betray and screw over other women in, in service of the patriarchy and how that warps them. Because Kay's like a warped character. She's not, like, Russ is, whatever brain he had is gone, right? Like, he's he's the least interesting character in the whole movie. And I and I love how they made it that way, right? Like, you don't take him seriously. He has this high-pitched, high-pitched ass voice. He says, but I love you! You know, and then, like, he's striking. <laughs> And then he strokes his drill. That's it. That's all he is, right? Kay actually is responsible for her choices. And she's thought about it. She's planned. She's premeditated. And she could do something else. Yes. 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 She is the villain. Her son is her henchman, basically. And And she's Mrs. Voorhees. She's Mrs. fucking Voorhees. Yes. Right? Yes. She did this shit. This is all her. This all happened because of her. And she doesn't feel any guilt for it. And it's probably that cycle of... <laughs> sexism where like something happened to her and or maybe happened to her multiple times and she's like that's the way of the world i made a mistake as opposed to maybe that shouldn't have happened and so of course she's raising her son to be like you are the center of the universe do what you do it's fine mama's got you you're safe here mm-hmm. while we're talking about things that it's getting into i really do i i live for this generational trauma because that's a conversation we're trying yeah. to have more and more in the genre and yeah. you have this mother who went through this ordeal and has that trauma and has the scars and she's raising her daughter in this way of that's not healthy and the daughter knows it which is why the daughter's like let me let me take care of this for you so I can take care of myself and also put it into this shit because he's like murdering women and so I just I don't know I I love this movie it's like one of those um cootie catchers every time I like move it I see this <laughs> I love <laughs> yes Agreed. I've oh I got I've got to love that image of the cootie catcher like because it's so eighties it's like everything is like a sen- like uh, I'm an eighties kid and I remember doing those I don't know if nineties kids did them too. I'm a nineties kid, but I grew up watching so much eighties stuff because I had older brothers. Okay. <laughs> and so like I I did not know the nineties were different from the eighties for a hot minute. So- <laughs> I mean until everybody starts having like smartphones and shit and then you just do like the nineties ver- like the nineties smartphone version of the of the cootie catcher right like you know social media people do all those things of like. Um, the first thing you had for breakfast this morning, and then like you know, the month of your birth year—that's going to be your husband's first name. Like that's the same thing. It is it's just it, social, yeah. It is. It's elevated cootie catchers. That's what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that or the cabin full of himbos. I think it's going to have to be like the title for this episode, right? The Listen. elevated cootie catcher ca- <laughs> cab- cabin full of himbos. I think we got to have a band. <laughs> Cabin full of himbos. I I'm ready. It's all it's all girl bands. Like yes. (laughs) Yeah, let it be an all boy band. Let them let them have their moment. Right. Let them have like. So I I was thinking about this before when you were talking about like the um the male gaze and the yeah. This is a Sheree's point about like the the double standards. D'Angelo, right? Talented, talented human being. Really like producer performer so talented so uh, i was like in my early 20s that famous video how does it feel where mm -hmm, see yep you know exactly what i'm talking about where the camera slowly pans down on his like sculpted ass body and then stops like just like a quarter of an inch short 
right? So I've read this fascinating article, like long, long form article. I said around the time that video com comes out, he starts getting all this attention when he's on stage. All these women are talking about, take it off, take it off. And he starts feeling objectified. And he actually really felt objectified. He felt like I'm a musician. I'm talented. I'm up here. I'm going to put in words in his mouth, obviously, right? But, you know, he's like, I'm up here to perform for you all. And all you care about is seeing my my naked chest. And he really got depressed and, like, you know, he he uh, kind of withdrew from the spotlight for years. And then he comes back with this just fucking wonderful album, right? But it's because it actually really does hurt to be objectified that way. And it's like, it really is not cool to be turned into that. And I just, I love how, like, you know, the the way that this movie... It's it's gonna be over the top, and it's also like, hey, yeah, we're gonna be over the top, but you can go ahead and enjoy the naked hot guy soaping himself up, and you know, with the with the romantic sexy song, yeah. like go, we're, all, we're we know you're gonna love that, we know you're gonna rewind that, and watch it again, and yes, I did, yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but let's also say something while you're at it because it is fucking ridiculous. Like, why the hell would you go take a shower and get all soapy and romantic and sweet and cute when there's yeah. a guy with a drill? <laughs> mm, mm. Or think, or even in their minds, because they still think the girls are doing it. Even uh huh, that's right. Know, they do a, a, a pack of girls out here killing people. Like, why are you taking no. a shower? <laughs> this is what I've been yelling at my TV since I started watching horror movies when I was like four or five. Um, because it's always the woman who's like, I gotta be alone, mm -hmm. and she goes get in lingerie and walks around her house in the dark, and I'm like, um. Is that what we're gonna do with, when Freddy's out there? Is that what we're gonna do? Get in our g-string and wait for him? Is that right? <laughs> what are you doing mm -hmm. at Camp Crystal Lake? What? Right, and also, but also, you had the double-edged sword of that because you also have women who are in their in their own control of their own bodies and want and like saying, "Yeah, I'm gonna wear a g-string. Get over it." And they're usually mm -hmm. the first ones dead because the sluts always die first. Mm -hmm. You know that trope, and then the the virgins always live. So the ones that, you know, are virginal. But then the virgins are also just as sexualized as the, like, it, it yeah. Because <laughs> the male gaze is creepy. And so you want your little virginal girl who you treat like she's underage and infantilize her. That's the word I was going for there. Um, <laughs> um, and then you have, like, the adult. And it's just... I, I learn a lot about the men who make these movies from the movies they make, and I wish that they would stop mm -hmm. oversharing and get therapy. Ah, but right. here we are, and that's what we have a podcast. So yeah. I guess... Ah. <laughs> well, because, yeah, and going back to your, uh, Cynthia, your point about like performers being, being objectified by their audiences, like women have been having to deal with that forever. Mm -hmm. and then, but mm -hmm. then also the moment that a female artist says, hey, I want to do a sexy video. Then it's banned from television and banned from mm -hmm. the radio or she's called a slut or she's called a this or that or whatever. Megan Thee Stallion's thought shit is a direct response, which is why she has that like senator up top like tweeting at her and shit um, because they're always coming for her. She's like, I'm in college. I'm educated. I'm producing. Mm -hmm. I'm making horror movies. If I want to like shake my ass and get a little extra money while I give you like the stop provoking art, <laughs> I'm going to do it. And right. I, I I love that. I, I didn't understand how 
I didn't understand as a child how we could like shift the male gaze as opposed to it always being like men just like staring at us and oogling us and make us uncomfortable to be like, I'm going to use my ass to make you uncomfortable. If you don't want to see this anymore, but you keep clicking on it. Okay, then. And so it's like a weird protest art every time she does that shit. And I'm like, yes, Megan. Yes. <laughs> I, I love her SNL stop because she also like brought up how black women are being like harmed in these relationships because she was just coming off of that. And of course the media was like, it was your fault. You were in the car with him. <laughs> She's like, nobody deserves to be shot by their partner. Excuse you. Or yeah. Or, you know, mm -hmm. rewind to Chris Brown and Rihanna. Like, Whoa. And people were taking pictures with him. Right. Fucking. We're going to have to have so many content warnings on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm happy you're <laughs> editing. And so you can <laughs> read it back what we did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really sorry that that listeners aren't seeing the the facial expressions that are coming out right now. It's just, it's just gold. No, but it's, but it's like film, gold and bronze. And but silver. I, I think this film <laughs> is a perfect vehicle to have these conversations because, yeah, like I said earlier, it's it's blatant when it needs to be, and it's subtle when it needs to be, and it's putting yes. these messages and these images in front of you to say, hey, let's think about this. 100%. 100%. This is literally because, like, we had a boom of TV 14 horror movies last year, and I mm -hmm. was not about any of them. I was like, ugh, ah, miss me, stop. And so, and again, when I got the screen, I was like, oh, what am I, what am I getting into? And then I was like, oh my God, is this the one? Is this the one? <laughs> I kissed so many frogs <laughs> last year to find this prince. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so when did you know that this was like, this was, for both of you, when did you know that, like, okay, this is going to be a good one? That this is, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this one. I would say when we had our first final girl up top, I was like, I don't know what we're doing, but I might be here for this. And then okay. they, they kept giving me more and more. And so, I'm like, I'm here for each of these little bitty movies in here. And I'm happy they strung them together so I can have all of them because I'm a greedy little bitch. <laughs> for me, number one, I knew Shrade already see it. And she's talked, she's told me so much, like, how great it was. And so I kind of, and Shrey knows my taste, and she knows what I like and what I don't like. And so if she tells me I'm going to like it, I'm probably going to like it. So I went in being like, okay, I'm excited. But I think what turned, what made me love the movie is the moment when the sister is like, what is going on? He's dead. And they're like, yeah, we know. And they pull out all these weapons. And I was like, oh, I don't know everything about this movie. <laughs> I, I love turns that make sense and are earned. Mm -hmm. It's why, like, even though we knew what was happening ready or not, we were still like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I love movies that do that and stick the landing because sometimes movies get lost along the way for whatever the mm -hmm. reasons. And sure. you're like, this might have been cool had you earned it, but this one earned every fucking turn. Like, I, I don't, I can't think of a turn they didn't earn and that I don't love. Like, literally. I, it's in my top 10 list. And I'm one of the few people who are like are actually being paid to write things that had it in their list. And I was mad about that because everybody loved it on Rotten Tomatoes, supposedly. Uh -huh. um, but nobody uh -huh. top 10. Should we top 10? They're like Fear Street. Uh. And I'm like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, I, I'm so sorry to hear that. Cause I and I well, I hadn't heard of it either. And so I, I started doing this project, I think I started about a month ago or so, where I wrote down, I have a little Google Doc. And I noted every single horror movie that I could ever remember having seen. And so it's about 190 horror movies now. And I, yep. I mean, I feel, I'm sure I missed some, right? I don't know if that's a lot or a little, right? Who knows? It's but, more than um, 
I mean, okay, but I'm a horror fan. So, yeah. I mean, we're all here. That's why we're here. But I had, I agree with you on like the, I feel like a lot of what came out in 20 and 21 for me just wasn't quite hitting, right? Including the ones that everybody loved, right? Like everybody loved the night house. Mm. I, you know, I felt like it was just more of the same. Yep. Everybody was real excited about the rental and the lodge. I was like, eh, whatever, you know, there's something there. But this was just like, it's doing something different doing something really different i don't even like horror comedies so like the last few years i've been like what and so i think what has happened is in these last few years i think coming out of like the shitty this recent shitty presidency we had <laughs> um and in this pandemic that people who are making these indie movies are going to do more of what they want to do because people are like we're bothered by everything else in the world and so we're seeing smarter comedies be made because i think mm -hmm. that i think that like I, this was i have like a little cluster of horror comedies in the last couple of years that i like really fucking love where was within scare me i i really like freaky uh, michael kennedy did a really good thing there it wasn't a movie specifically for me but like i rewatched it I'm like okay i see more things that make more sense and I'm I, on the freaky bandwagon. It was written for me. You <laughs> I have not seen it. it. I'm going to watch that. It's on HBO Max, or at least it was. But I yeah, no. Was. Yeah. You linked on it. You were like, woohoo. And I was like, <laughs> we haven't even hit play yet, Trent. And, like, <laughs> 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 and so, like, because we had a good conversation in our episode, I actually went back because I was like, what else am I not picking up? Because we had that one conversation. I was like, if we can find that, then there's other stuff. And there is other stuff. And I mean, I, there's some notes and there's some notes, but whatever. And I, and there's just like, I don't know. And I think it's in part because these people have been denied <laughs> doing this for so long. So most of them are like in their thirties, forties, and they're like, look at the way of the world and they're checking their own privileges a lot of the time. And so we're getting like smarter comedies because like when I was a kid, we had mm -hmm. Ghostbusters. I watched everything Ghostbusters. I'm not going to lie to you, but mm -hmm. like looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, cringe. Oh, ow. <laughs> and yeah. and so, many, so many other work comedies um, from that 80s, 90s, because it was all about making fun of women and Black people and gay people. And it wasn't like, mm -hmm. how can we have a commentary that isn't punching down? I hate that phrase. I don't have another phrase at the moment, though. And so I love that we're getting to this where we can just be like, this is the world. This is the way it is. Also, we can have brown people in horror movies. And they what? don't die. <gasps> and they don't die. Sheree, get out. That was the first movie, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was just talking about sticking with was wonderful. Less proud of myself about that. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I go ahead and embrace all of it all at the same time. It's just wonderful. <laughs> I feel but, like we're like I, we're in a golden age of horror, I think, mm -hmm. because we're in a golden age of horror. Art is always really, really good when people are coming out of strife, unfortunately. Uh -huh. <laughs> we have had some collective strife um, these last few years. Mm -hmm. And those of us, listen, <laughs> listen, this whole decade, I feel bad for these babies who were born this decade because they're just like, is it always this shitty? And it's like, ah. <laughs> and so it's I feel like. Sound. <laughs> I, I, I know that was wonderful. You, you gotta like make that into like a little excerpt, right? Like put it in your sound excerpts. We need to figure out how to spell it and that might be the title. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like the people who 
are doing the work and are good people naturally are they're definitely bringing us this art that we've been needing and missing because again i love genre but she don't love me and that's why me and the bitch would be having the words and so <laughs> i've loved these last couple of years where i'm seeing more and more things that don't make me want to fight the director in the parking lot <laughs> yes, I, yes. I, yeah, and this is definitely it's one of them. We've got, and then there are still ones that like people trying to copy get out. Like I, I you know, I, I will not, I will not drop the names of the the movies I'm thinking of because let me just not give them any more space and let me not, you know, open up that can of worms. But you know, if you made those movies, you know who you are, you know what you did, yeah. But then on the flip side, we have so many that are just like, I mean, the that kind of brings me a little bit to I feel like this. This movie, I put this in the notes and I was like, do we talk about it? Do we not talk about it? But about how there's some, there's some things that movies are still like, there's a lot of, I don't want to call it progress because I, I don't, I don't know. It's a loaded term, but it's like sometimes somewhere directors figure out that you can have, as we said, a black character in a movie. You can even have two of them and you can even have them talk to each other. There can be the Bechdel test for characters of color where they, there are two of them and they both have names. And they talk to each other about something that's not a man for more than a minute. Miracle. Shocking, right? And then the world doesn't fall apart. But I feel like there's there's still some things that they haven't figured out how to do collectively in, in the movie world, right? Like, for one thing, why can't you have more than one character in each era be a Black character, right? Yep. Like, you can actually have two Black girls in your slumber party and... If you really, I mean, look, I am not a black person. I am a Latina person. I have my own thoughts on, you know, what it's like to see Latina representation in movies. Well, we, you know, that's a whole other topic. But, you know, I feel like you could also play with, like, if you're honestly worried, oh, my God, is my, you know, uh, racist ass audience going to confuse the two black girls because that's a thing, then all right, then play with that. Right, like make that be part of the humor of your movie and milk it and mine it, and then the audience will be like, "Oh shit, I'm uncomfortable," because I think I need to grow. Yeah. Okay, good, and then we'll have some nice bloody deaths, and you'll lighten <laughs> the tension, we'll right? And then you'll have funny, we'll you have know. some jokes, right? You know, we'll have some some you know beer can pong or whatever the fuck you know boys do when they're you know in their cabin of himbos. and then. Right, a pillow fights with a pillow fights with beer all over their chest, right? And like party music playing. It's just yeah. Let them please have us another one. So they're so they they yeah. There's still some progress to be made on that. See, there's fucking word again. Um, and then there's also like there's so many horror movies that will cast a black character and they'll cast a black girl, but there's an aversion to casting dark skinned black women. Right, like, the only one I can think of is us. Mm -hmm. and 100%. That, am I missing any? Right? Like, are there any? I mean, yeah, it's Lupita in every movie she's in. No, like, literally, it's. It, it's it's a problem because I hate that because so many times you go and like this is a black movie and you have characters who are supposedly like come traveling from Africa and they like or my shade and like this don't this don't math this don't math <laughs> <laughs> and I hate it because people like to post their like gross little like character descriptions because like people aren't not ashamed and so they're just like a dark skinned woman and I'm like first off. Why are you phrasing that way? But secondly, why again is she my shade? Like I, the colorism is real. I, <laughs> the CW specifically is super guilty of it on a weekly basis. Like their new Charmed, they had two actors mm. who told them they were Afro-Caribbean and they've been playing Afro-Latinx because they didn't want to go any 
darker. And I think that's gross, especially when the actors are like, I'm telling you who I am and you're telling me what I'm going to be. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I... Did I they tell them what accents to use too? Oh, they're all American because they're San Francisco. So like, that's fine, but they're just not gonna... And so I think it was around season two where the, the second one was like, I don't know who my father is because this is starting to get us dragged mm-hmm. on social media. And so mm-hmm. that's when they were like, maybe both of these girls are actually not Afro. <laughs> You know, like you couldn't have just started that way. You couldn't have started that way. You literally had no other recourse than to cast two actors who weren't comfortable in the roles that were not for them, yeah. <laughs> or rewrite it. Because I mean, if you really want an actor, if I'm writing something and I really want an actor, and then she is also brown, by all means, I'm gonna fucking adjust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I shouldn't be adjusting, I'm gonna find a writer friend to help me like adjust because I'm not gonna be like, well. Just say you're black, Cynthia. It's fine. That's not fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I won't be doing that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Listen. I, and so I just, I don't know. The world makes me sad. And this movie makes me happy. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. Well, let's get spicy. How about that? Let's, let's, see, <clears throat> let's see if we, let's see if we get spicy. Because sometimes we get a little like, you know, uh, where I, how I eat my hot wings. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Buffalo. Wait, wait, wait. No, what, what do you put on your hot wings? Oh, try. Oh, when I, I don't ever make them. So I don't know how. But uh, when I order okay. them, I get like buffalo. That is my spicy. It's Mild, hot. medium, or hot? Medium. I knew it. It's fine. <laughs> I, I just, it's me. I can't help it. <laughs> my grandma Turn gets on. like garlic, uh, Parmesan garlic. So, like, that tells you where I'm the spicier of my family. <laughs> <laughs> but let's go with our hot takes. I don't have any. I was like, I I, I watched this movie two times, and I I, I was thinking, there's, there's got to be something controversial. There's got to be something spicy. I don't think so. I just love this movie. We spent an hour talking about how how much we all love this movie, right? Like you know the the phallic tool wielding driller killer. Like I'm just gonna keep on saying the phallic tool wielding killer because it's just it's just so much fun to say. Um and then you know I I just talked about like the few things that hold it back from greatness. Like we talked about the colorism and you know like that's just like a weakness. Um but yeah I don't really have any other spicy takes. I'm sorry. I mean I could talk about other movies and you know I have hot takes on Ari Aster. We could we could talk about that but (laughs) (laughs) I I see you in here with your note about music. Oh, um yeah. yeah that's true i just i feel like that's where they save their money right like the the songs like are like the in the 90s right like the the 90s sequence i was like i, I was a 90s kid we didn't listen to music like that and then later like it's all, all forgettable but you know I, th- I feel like that's okay if you're gonna save your movie yeah. on that go ahead well right? like they use the right word account it is produced by sci-fi and sci-fi you know it's mm-hmm. not like a major i mean they got money don't get me wrong no, no it if I'm not mistaken, which I could be, it was actually made and picked out from a festival for sci-fi. Cause like mm-hmm. they didn't know where it was going. And I, I so I wonder what the like deleted scenes are. Cause I don't know if they knew they were gonna be TV 14 or if they were not. So no. I'd be curious. And that's why I want the Blu-ray. But also I am a poor, so I needed to be gifted to me if anybody's listening. <laughs> I I'm not begging, but I'm just saying. <laughs> Well, Shred, you're not you saying you're, like, you're not saying you're just saying. No. Right. If Scream Factory is listening to this, 
Hi. <laughs> if you don't have it by your birthday, let me know, and that might be a birthday present. Oh, thank you. That's 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 very really sweet. Thank you. So, okay, I, I guess I have a little bit of it. It's not even a hot take. It's just more. I feel like um, what I would not put this movie on the level for for me at least, uh, quite with Ready or Not, because I feel like there are a few things that hold it back from from the greatness that is Ready or Not. One of them is I feel like some of the emotional notes are a little off and not. Um, not because they were trying to get the right tone. So, for example, when the when the character is killed right in front of them, guy, when guy is killed in the dark, right, guy one or guy two, I don't remember which of the guys. Um, they're all a little too nonchalant um, for that, and then that just kind of keeps happening. Like they're a little too calm at deaths when, and it's not that nobody's gonna ever freak out about deaths in the movie because then they really do freak out when their friend is killed in front of them. So that just kind of felt a little off to me. It was a little bit distracting. I felt yeah. like they could have I think they may have know, got could... I think they may have got lost in their tone maybe and like I want that I think they wanted that middle part to be so slapsticky that they were like, oh we're just gonna keep moving. But you're right. And I think that they could have raised the stakes even in that, but like they did in that last 30 minutes. That's that's definitely one of the dangers of camp is that you you don't get to have all of the beats that make it make sense because like mm -hmm. you're laughing and so like there are some things that get lost and I think that like again because K is the most grounded once like we have that reveal it's like this is a serious fucking movie um, <laughs> and so you're like where was all this tension and drama and I it's it's the hard thing about camp I I yeah. as much as I love camp that's always one of the things that sticks out because I'm just like but what. Mm -hmm. Because I'm trying to apply real world logic to this world because they're giving me enough of this world, but also it's elevated and it's just, it's a whole weird smorgasbord of things that don't belong. It's like mm -hmm. someone's like, I'm going to throw this soy sauce and this mayonnaise with this ketchup <laughs> and like this, like everything with the bagel seasoning. And you're just like, this is a hot mess, but also mm -hmm. we're putting chips in it. I don't know what happened. I mean, you know, it's 2 a.m. and, you know, you just you, know, you just smoked a really big fat joint. And, you know, that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's why you're eating that mess right there. When Taco Bell is closed, we do what we can. Because <laughs> 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 she ain't open at 2 a.m. no more. <laughs> Thank you, uh, pandemic. Oh, she took so much away from me. <laughs> Or Omarion, I guess. It took so much away from me. Damn you, B2K. Bump, bump, bump. <laughs> so I'm always preaching that we don't spend enough time on non-romantic relationships in film because mm -hmm. the other relationships are so much more interesting. Like the friends and like the siblings and like the parents and like the strangers, all of that is more interesting. However, um, <laughs> I wouldn't have minded in this one had our like queer couple had a little bit mm -hmm. more seconds of queerness. Mm -hmm. And if we get a sequel, I'm fine with that. And I, again, I'm not a romantic. I hate romance. I'm like, oh, no, not you. <laughs> but again, like, if it's not aggressively hetero, I can I can live. I can take it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Shrey. I think one of the things I missed of this movie is some more, like, blatant queerness. Because, of course, like we talked about, like, there is very homoerotic parts with the male characters. And, yeah, there's definitely that relationship. But it's not really ever discuss like it's not really said because mm -hmm. they're holding said, hands but it's not said right holding hands with each other like she's willing to risk her little sister for her and I'm just like mm. with a care of each other the way that was said like mm. and so mm -hmm. like 
again, I get that like we're like being chased down, so we're not gonna like make out. But also, I would have been fine. <laughs> um, had the mom been like, "Oh, the girlfriend is here" or something like that. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I would have been right? fine with it. And again, I hate romance, but I I feel like this movie earned it if it wanted to do it. And they could they totally could have done like before their like where there's the tiny moment. I I forget Maeve like licks something off of Dana's finger, and I was like, oh this okay, are we gonna see any more of that? Yeah. They could have just kept on going right there, just yes. bought themselves like we're we're gonna have a little ninety second interlude with some you know making out in a stairwell or something like that, and then we'll bust out the drill and I'll be fine. Or even some, like, jokes from your friends to be like, why don't you guys just go fuck already? Like, something like right? that. It's like... Because, <laughs> no, again, like, it's something there, and it's... it's it's They're trying to make it, like, a little bit coded, but also not, and they're walking that weird line. Mm -hmm. And I don't know... I don't know who pulled back on that one. And, I again, yeah. I get that it's not... Mm. I, is that about relationships aside from the ones that it is about, which is also a weird line? <laughs> um, <laughs> but as somebody who hates romance, I would have been like, yeah, y'all earn that. You can have it. I'm good. I'm good. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm with you. So my hot take is I, as, as we have all three said, I love this movie. I love uh, everything about it. It's, a fu it's fun from beginning to end. It's a wild ride. The one tiny criticism that I have is, and I think this goes back to kind of going off of what Cynthia said earlier, is just some of the dialogue and some of the plot points just felt a little like, I got to get this joke in there or I got to get this thing in there. So let's just cram it in the best we know, the best way we know how. And I think it may be another draft in the script writing mm -hmm. or another editing eye maybe could have helped to smooth it out just a tiny bit. Were there lines that struck you that way in particular? I'm trying to think a lot, a lot around the time that you, because you mentioned when, 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 whichever guy it is that died, <laughs> when they first meet, like a lot of those lines just felt like, what, what? Okay. Uh, even from the girls, because <laughs> the girls I, I, I went with on most of their logic, most of what they were doing. And even in that moment, I was like, why are you, what? You know, it, it, yeah. And I think some of it was like, I, we've got to have a joke here. We've got to have something funny happen. And yeah, I did that. Needed a little finesse in my opinion. They'll, they'll, they'll get a bigger, fatter budget for the, for the next one, the sequel. The sequel, yes, please. I hope they get a sequel because I didn't think Summer Prime Masker needed a reimagining, and then they did this, and like now, now I want more. Um, mm -hmm. And so I think there's a lot to play with, especially because the second one is so bad. I know they have elements of the second one, but like they could make so much fun of that second. It's a hot fucking mess. Because uh, the first <laughs> one, the first one, knowing what I know now, I can appreciate the first one, even though I'm still like that's a lot of tit. But like <laughs> um, the second one, I can't appreciate in any way, shape, or form other than women got to direct stuff. Good for us. I'm gonna yeah. not talk about this though because <laughs> it's awkward. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, that is our thoughts on Slumber Party Massacre from 2021. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for joining us. It was a blast. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I've had so much fun. Yes, we'll have to have you back on sometime. One hundred percent. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. And 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 I, I by the way, I made myself a little drink informal drinking game. Um and we'll we'll make a real drinking game next time with yes. uh 
with, but it'll have to be beer. Otherwise, I, I would never survive the recording for anything other than take a <laughs> sip of beer every time Sheree says, listen. listen. <laughs> I mean, we deserve a drinking game for our podcast. What, what, what haven't we? Listen. <laughs> to the drawing board. <laughs> listen. No, I'm going to do that. I'm just going to be like, hey, y'all, make this episode a game. And I'm going to just like start it off with 19 listens in a row. And then we'll cut the actual episode. <laughs> yes. But next hey, if week, they can do it on horror queers, then they can do right? it. Right? Right? We, we love them. Same. All right. Uh, next week, we're going to cover another wild slasher with Urban Legend. And we'll be joined by another first time guest, Sultana. And that's going to continue this month of. She can already had hers. Is. It might end the month, actually. Is that math? I think it does end the month. Oh, my God. It's the fourth there. movie. Watch us be a oh. watch me in a month with four movies and we needed to have five this time. Watch. That's right. Don't speak that truth on us. You know we just did that. <laughs> <laughs> as always, thank you so much uh, for listening. Thank you again, Cynthia. And as always, make sure you stay fierce out there. Bye. Bye.